Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. It's great that you are here. All of this week's notes and links can be found on our website, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 98. Well, today you're going to get to hear about how to get the most out of LinkedIn events. Okay, you don't want people walking away feeling like they didn't learn anything or that their time was in fact wasted. So stay tuned and learn some tips and tricks on how you can make sure that those who attend your LinkedIn events feel engaged and loved by your event and planning skills. And you also are going to learn why all of this matters in delivering e-commerce well. Don't go anywhere. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Thanks for joining us on the e-commerce podcast. Like I said, it's great that you are here. It's always great that you are here. Loving the fact that every week more and more people are subscribing to the show. The audience is growing and it's always great to connect with new people. So if this is your first time here, a big warm welcome to you. Or if this is, you know, you've actually heard all 98 episodes, then a warm welcome to you too, my friend. It's great that you are here. I had a lovely, lovely message on LinkedIn from a listener who basically binged listen to every episode of the e-commerce podcast recently just went from one up to uh, whatever it was episode 70 80 whatever it was that they they decided to sort of join in I thought that was a little bit um a little bit impressive if I'm honest with you maybe a little too much Matt in one go but all power to you <laughs> it's great that you are here the purpose of this show is to help you deliver e-commerce well that's why we're here and to do that every week i get to chat to some phenomenal people who share their stories and insights and this week is no exception uh the guy pat collins is on the show i've known pat for a number of years i've worked with him i have used his services so i know that this is a man that knows what he's talking about he is Well, he's a startup wizard. He's helped startups build their tech infrastructures and grow their businesses for the past 10 years. His own startup, prospectlabs.co, saw massive success in its first year and he has advised startups that have raised over 40 million euros in just three years which is awesome. And what sets Patrick apart from other entrepreneurs is his focus on having data-driven sales, uh, his his approach with data-driven sales, combined with world-class customer support. He genuinely has a love for people. And this recipe, I think, has led to his success uh, and the success for many startups under his guidance. You're going to want to listen to him, especially around LinkedIn, because I think it's probably, for most of us, one of the most underutilized platforms with such possibility. So without further ado, here's Pat. So Patrick, thanks for joining me on the e-commerce podcast, sir. It's it's taken a little while to get you on the show, but here you are joining us from sunny Cyprus. Not your usual haunt though, is it? No, not at all. So thank you so much for having me. Um, I believe this is series eight or series nine. And I remember, I don't know, it was four or five years ago, we were discussing um, how we could work together to help you get the initial, I think, the first members on your podcast. So it's it's been a real privilege seeing um, sort of your journey. And um, I think it's always inspired me by consistency. I think it's the hardest thing um, to achieve in business. But everybody says to me, 
success is boring, success is boring. You've got to just keep consistent. If you start something, keep going. And, and I think to be on season eight yeah. and season nine is a real testament to you to, um, to just keep an it and doing so well. But yeah, I'm from, um, from uh, Newcastle upon Tyne, so from the Northeast, but live in Lithuania and currently in Cyprus. Um, so get, get your head around that. But on a little bit of a tour, just trying to get the, 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 the life balance back a little bit. Um, we've had two years of COVID. We've had two children during yeah. those two years. Um, business has changed completely um, based on people working from home, based on LinkedIn changing, based on lots of things that I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and it just got the point where I thought, you know what, I need a bit of a refresh. I need a bit of a break. So we um, had a bit of a change and I'm in Cyprus at the moment and then we'll head back to Lithuania in a couple of weeks. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And as much as we've known each other for years, I think, because you're so busy, I think we've had hundreds of 10-minute calls that have never had <laughs> half an hour or something like that. So it'll be nice to get yeah. to know each other that a little bit more. Yeah, no, it is. And it's it's great to have you on. And um, the thing I love about the sort of the, the life that we have in digital business is actually you're in Cyprus. Last week I was in the States. And you know what? Yeah. We were still doing stuff uh, in the States. You're still doing stuff from Cyprus. And that's a beautiful thing, isn't it, about this kind of world in which we live at the moment is you can go on these mammoth trips and still work and still do what you do uh, and see the world yeah. a little bit. The digital nomad, you know, it's um, it's actually a thing. You can get the digital, there's a digital nomad visa uh, and a lot of countries really? now do this, which, uh, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Well, um, I, I, I sometimes consider if, if I was a digital nomad before it was, it was sort of mainstream to be digital nomad because I think it was eight years ago, um, I was working in a sort of a sales job and it was with my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, obviously. Um, and we were saying, could we not just do this online? And it was at the time I started to read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week and everybody's thinking, how do I outsource and how do I batch and how do I do all those sort of buzzwords yeah. of being able to work online? Um, and so I thought, if I have a good internet connection and I'm doing sales online, what's the difference? I'm sure I could do this. And so I, I said to the company I was working at, um, could you just take a risk and could we work from Thailand? And they said, oh, I'm not so sure. And then I said, well, let me re rephrase that. If I'm going to keep working with you, I need to be able to do this from Thailand. And they said, okay, okay, <laughs> you can keep doing it. So um, we transitioned into working from Thailand and we did six months of traveling and working from there. But at the time, um, there weren't the, the, the sort of setup that you have now of co-working spaces, really good Wi-Fi, Airbnb, Uber. So... A lot of it was just working from a coffee shop with really noisy, bad internet and just trying to get going. So I think now it's a lot easier for everybody to actually work and travel abroad because mm. you have the consistency of a lot of different things. Like I know a lot of people have the same app from multiple countries now, but they just arrive and it's Uber, Airbnb, food delivery. And I don't really like yeah. that. I used to like that when you travel, you had to really get lost and make mistakes. And that was part of the experience of it. But yeah, we're, we're really lucky that we can. Um, I don't know, work from anywhere and still have an impact on people. Um, I do feel that I could do a little bit more. I see that if somebody does have a Wi-Fi connection, um, it means that the, they have the ability to learn and study and watch your videos and that sort of thing. So I do think further down the line, I'd love to help more countries um, develop their skill set based on online training. Mm. I think it's, it's finding the time to do that. Yeah, this I'm like you. I have a to-do list of things that I want to get done, <laughs> yeah. and that grows. It never gets shorter for some reason. You have, you know, yeah. the, the the curse of the entrepreneur is you have forty thousand good ideas a day, right? And so yes, um, and you just write them all down, and at some point uh, you'll choose one or two of them, uh, maybe possibly. So here yeah. you are. And, and... Um... Go on. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, and it's, it's a muscle. Um, I think my uh, mother uh, really instills this in us to say you should be having a couple of business ideas every day. And there's all sorts of terrible ideas that my family has had. And some of them have even gone through and actually started the business and <laughs> because of terrible. But um, I live in a culture where um, you have to be creative all the time. And it's, a, it's an environment my parents have created where to be entrepreneurial all the time is almost like the only, only sort of environment to be in. So I think 
I have mm. a, a huge to-do list, a huge amount of ideas. I, I've got a to-do list to start uh, working on a book, which is a personal organizer for to-do lists. <laughs> so it's, it's got <laughs> so it's, it's too much. Um, but uh, I, I think you need to know when to start and finish. But it, it's funny, my friend, I've got a lot of friends that are business owners and they recommend productivity diaries and organizers. And uh, it's finding your sort of niche that what works. And so um, mm. I, I had a mix of, I started using Notion a lot as like an online organizer. And I use Notion on my yeah, phone yeah. as an app, but I've created a sort of a checklist of how I use that for my daily routine. So I have a, a, a Notion app that I use things like just simple things, meditation, training, vitamins, stretching. But I try and do the same things every day. And then if it's a routine, I start adding little bits to that routine. Um, but in terms of business organization, I have to have pen and paper and digital means that it's just never ending. So the pen and paper is one page, you're doing this and you're checking it off. So there's different sides of my brain react to different things I need to do uh, to, to stay organized, basically. That's really interesting, isn't it? That you've, um, that I'm, I'm still like, during the conversation, I take notes and I always take them on pen and paper. Um, yet I have uh, all kinds of, I, I don't use Notion, I use something called Craft, but it's, you yes. know, it's funny how we, how we, we need still digital and analog and we, and, and it's always worth thinking about that. So let's talk about, because um, I could get drawn into personal organizers, Patrick, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, because I find the whole productivity thing fascinating. But let's talk about yes. e-commerce. Let's talk about LinkedIn um, and making that uh, work for people. Because as long as I've known you, the, the, the thing that I've always, and it's probably unfair to say pigeonholed you with, but in my head, yes. the, the expertise that you have held is in this area of LinkedIn. And this is where yeah. we've had a lot of conversations and you've helped me a lot um, over the years with LinkedIn and growing audiences and followers and they don't call them followers, do they on LinkedIn? But do you know what I mean? That kind of, yeah. um, that network um, on LinkedIn. So why LinkedIn? What sucked you into that uh, as a concept, as an idea? Yeah, so I was thinking about this previously and I was thinking, what's the best way to describe my approach? And I've realized it's proactively lazy. I think that's the phrase. And what I mean by this is that um, I'm a bit of a control freak. I'm always tidy. And so I'm always trying to figure out what's the, the best system, what's the most efficient way. Because if something works once and you can repeat it, then um, there's always an easier way. And so the reason why I like LinkedIn um, is a few things. The, the, the story was, I think, about eight years ago, my, one of my very first jobs was cold calling. And everybody who's done sales and cold calling realizes it has massive impact if you speak to somebody, but the amount of work you have to do to get to that point of speaking to somebody is impossible. And all the data research, mm -hmm. all the cold calling. And so it was at that point, I thought there's a better way. There must be a database out there. And at the time, um, I was working at sort of working with a number of clients. And one of the ladies I was working with was a LinkedIn coach. And so um, I used to sort of help organize her admin, work with her, and just sort of shadow her for free, basically, and say, well, what's all the fuss about? What's, what's going on here? And I think the, link, the reason why LinkedIn is amazing is just it's not regulated. There's no rules about what you can and can't do that are public, which means that anybody can get going with this. Anybody can become very, very good at it. But there's no rules that you can say, what's the limits? Now, if you're very risky and you're not so reputable, you can do a lot of damage and a lot of bad things. But if you really research and read and try and look between the lines, there are so many gaps of how you can get amazing results that other companies don't even realize. Mm. So whereas most companies, if you work with Google, you become a accredited partner and you integrate with Google, the same with Facebook, the same with Twitter, it's all open source APIs, you can build your machine around. Mm. With LinkedIn, nothing's public. So there are no public rules about your activity on LinkedIn. There's things you can't do, no swearing, no racism, obvious things like that. But in terms of how mm. many people you can interact with, how many um, people you can message, the types of messages you can send. It's really sort of closed door. And so if you really dive deep into this, you can put yourself as one of the top users just by not being terrible, because most people are. And so because of that, if you can stand out in, into a, an audience where there's hundreds and hundreds of millions of people on it, then you can very quickly grow to that to, to grow a brand. And so the reason why I, I really like LinkedIn initially was because you could just find, find loads of people to sell to. Now, obviously, my approach has changed from that. 
but the initial idea was there are 700 million business people on LinkedIn. There's all their first names. So even if I was to call for them, I could just find Matt Edmondson, LinkedIn, and then ring you and say, can I speak to Matt? And that enough was the starting point mm -hmm. for me transitioning into looking at LinkedIn. Um, I think the world is a, a completely different place now that people don't want to be cold called. They don't want to be sold to. And so over the past two or three years, my whole approach to LinkedIn changed to say, how do you mix these two sort of circles? And one circle is outbound and one circle is inbound. And how do you mix them together? So you think about all the e-commerce businesses you work with, um, inbound is incredibly important. SEO, backlinks, paid ads, all these things to drive traffic to you. But very rarely e-commerce will do too much outbound of go out and find a client because it's, it's a bit more difficult. And what's really cool about LinkedIn is you have this um, sort of platform where you can create content, you can create posts, you can create all the traffic to come to you. We can also find anybody and just send them a message. And if you combine these two together, you have this machine where people are constantly coming to you and learning about you. But at any one time you want to speed it up, you can start to reach out and message them as well. And so I think this is why LinkedIn has a bit of everything. But their support, their platform, their training is, is awful that it's amazing how, how a company can get so big yet be such a, a mess of a software, <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's a really funny thing to say about LinkedIn because here's the thing, right? When yeah. you think about um, when you think about e-commerce, and whenever you talk to anybody, in fact, I'm tr I'm going through the conversations I've had with however many yeah. people I've had that uh, you know contact you and say, I want to grow my e-commerce business. I've got some marketing budget, and then the next statement is something like, How do I do Facebook? Or how do I do Facebook ads? Or how do I do Instagram? Occasionally. Maybe 5% of the time, people ask you about Pinterest. You know, yes. um, maybe 3% of the time, people ask you about YouTube. Never once, never once in the whole <laughs> time that I've been doing e-commerce has someone come to me yeah. and said, how can I use LinkedIn to leverage my e-commerce business? And that's what I find fascinating um, about yeah. this conversation with you and uh, and, how, and, and why we should think about it, uh, LinkedIn for our e-commerce business. So uh, we are going to get into that. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to be back right after uh, we have heard from this week's show sponsors. Did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible, unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical and sustainable way that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society. Plus, they're gluten-free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colors or flavors, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone, whether you want to boost your immune system or just get more energy every day. And we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future. So what are you waiting for? Get started now by heading over to vegetology.com. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day -day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. So, Patrick, like yeah. I said, you know, we've got the... Um, We've got people who want to know about, you know, the obvious ones, Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest, maybe YouTube, maybe. But LinkedIn, why should I think about LinkedIn for my e-commerce yeah. business? Because no one talks about this, right? Yeah. So I think think of this, first of all, every single person you'll ever hire is probably on LinkedIn. So regardless of your business, is any person you'll ever recruit 
has a profile on LinkedIn. So all of your potential talent of your company are on LinkedIn at the moment. Then you think about every single customer who'll buy from you, there's a high percentage there also on LinkedIn. Now, same as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, they're not always on that platform looking to buy, but they have a profile on that platform. Um, and I think the final thing is any company that's willing to invest, any blogger, any journalist, whoever it is, they're all on LinkedIn at the moment as well. So generally the whole world is on LinkedIn from a business capacity. Now I do a lot of training also on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and the problem with all those channels is those channels are based to keep you on there. People on Facebook, even if it's an ad, they're trying to keep you on Facebook, not to leave. On LinkedIn, although a little bit like this, LinkedIn are trying to say, build a network, build a connection, build a relationship. And it's a platform more about people to people than business to business. And I think this is the real differential that um, when you're growing your company, regardless of how big it is, I still say the main thing people buy for is from the person, the brand, the culture, the, the touch, that's whatever it is. And on LinkedIn, you can just connect with somebody directly, introduce yourself and get to know them. But I think on a bigger picture, the reason why I love LinkedIn so much, which sounds really geeky because I don't love LinkedIn. I love a lot of things, but I don't necessarily love LinkedIn, but I love the impact that LinkedIn can have on your business. I think that's a better way to say mm. it. Um, it's just simply, it gives you so much potential of growth so quickly. And I think we'll, we'll discuss LinkedIn events today, but I think the reason why um, LinkedIn is a platform is my number one, even when I'm working with e-commerce businesses, I still say LinkedIn number one is because you can build the foundations of momentum. And so if you think about the difference between growth hacking and growth stacking, and growth hacking is somebody will say to you, Matt, how do I grow my e-commerce business? And you could say, here's five or six things, test them all out and see what works. Um, growth stacking, however, is the other side. Growth stacking is where you say, I'm going to build one foundation, do it well. And then once that's working well, another one and another one and another one. Mm -hmm. And with LinkedIn, what I found is that if you just start one thing of saying, I'm going to start growing my network and everybody you connect with, just show interest and say, can I get to know you? Can I help you or can you help me? You build this army of people that suddenly you have a contact every single time you need something. And what I've started to do, particularly with early stage businesses that are grown an e-commerce company, I say to them, step number one, just grow your network. Start reaching out to people who could become potential customers and just say, I'd love to learn more about what you're doing. Can we connect? Mm -hmm. So you're just saying, I like what you do. Can I learn more about you? And build your network. And then from there, I try and say to everybody, you should be running LinkedIn events. And I think this is the key thing that differentiates LinkedIn yeah. from Facebook, Twitter, everything else is hosting events. And a LinkedIn event, we can talk more about in terms of what it is, but trying to get one sort of central point where you can educate your audience in the most valuable way is what I think LinkedIn can bring better than anything else. And I think if you can find a way where... You've grown this network that sort of know you, but don't really know you too much, but then can get them to watch you for half an hour, one hour, and talk about what you do. Then you have that transition from cold lead to educated. And then from there, you can really transition into signing up for your course, your class, whatever it might be. Um, but I think that the thing that people miss so much is the importance of perceived value. So when you're um, growing your e-commerce business, there's not much understanding of who you are. There's not too much trust. And so the perceived value of how good you are is based on posts, referrals, tweets, whatever it is to show you can trust me. But instantly, if you can get somebody to watch you live for 30 minutes and just ask you questions, get to know you, and if there can be in a room full of 100 or 1,000 people, your perceived value instantly goes up yeah. how good you are, your expertise, and the product you offer. And I think what so many people have struggled with over the past year or two is this transition from we'll go to physical trade shows, we'll meet a customer physical, we'll, we'll do different things to actually everything's online. How do you transition? And I think we've been the opposite. We've seen instantly that LinkedIn events are the go-to strategy that any company should be doing to educate their audience to say, this is what we do, this is how we work, and um, this is where you can find out more. And I think because LinkedIn has this platform of growing your network, it's then very easy to invite that network to event to then say, um, we're running an event next week. Why don't you come by, take part, and see what you think? Um, and we've had some spectacular results. So the, the reason I did this was um, whenever I'm doing sort of um, lead generation, I'm trying to find a new approach. I'm trying to find something new. And I realized I found this hack that on LinkedIn, um, if you find any events and you click attend, it suddenly gives you a list of all the people that are attending. 
And I thought, this is insane. Like, if you go to a trade show, <laughs> the only thing you want to know is who other people go and that might be buying, not who's, who's yeah. the other competitors there. So LinkedIn just says, here's a list of 500 people that are interested in the event, LinkedIn training. I thought, that's my target audience there and then. This is amazing. So I thought, I've got to write a blog and show people how to do this hack. So I started writing the blog and then I thought halfway through, why am I not doing an event? Why am I writing about scraping <laughs> other people's events? Maybe it's about yeah, time. Need to do it myself. So yeah. um, I thought, yeah, exactly. So I thought I'm a bit of a fraud here if I try and tell other people about how to scrape events. And they say, well, why don't you do it yourself if it's so good? So they're okay. I'm going to host my own event. Um, and I'd never really done a public event. I've always been booked to train companies. So I usually do startup accelerators or business training, but you never have that pressure of advertising yourself. You just turn up, they pay you a day rate, people are there and it, it's very easy. Yeah. And I think I had that at first, that imposter syndrome of saying, well, in my mind, my brand is I'm a real expert. I know what I'm doing. I'm a confident public speaker. What if I do an event and five people turn up? That isn't in line with how I see myself or how <laughs> I want people to see me. But I thought, if I'm thinking like that, everybody else is thinking like that. So that's really good content to just write and go for it. And so mm. what I did is I wrote the blog and I started updating the blog as I advertised the event and taking screenshots of the posts I make, the different things. And I, I basically thought I'll advertise for two months. That's long enough to build momentum. Um, I'll invite everybody I know that could be relevant about LinkedIn training. And I'll invite them and then I'll talk, deliver it and see how it goes. And the results, there was 2,700 people registered for the event, wow. um, which blew my mind because, um, and that's when everybody, somebody registers for LinkedIn event, you all also, if you tick a box, you can also get all their emails. Mm. So in one event for 60 minutes, I got 2,700 uh, LinkedIn profiles and email addresses of people who were interested in LinkedIn training of what I offer as a service. And it just blew my mind thinking I would take two to three years to get 2,700 email subscribers on a blog. It just doesn't yeah. happen. But simply by an event, it's this ultra powerful landing page that even if they don't attend the event, they've said, I'm willing to give you my da uh, data just so you can get to know me, educate me, whatever it is. Yeah. So um, in the context of that, of I think when you're saying of how do you advertise a course, how do you grow your e-commerce business, one of the most important things is you need people's information to slowly nurture them and educate them on what you do. I think very little nowadays people are willing to just look at something and buy. They're used to mm. watching online, reading online, just generally building up a bit of trust. And what I found from LinkedIn events is just simply if you host an event and you get hundreds, thousands of email addresses, you've then got all the automation that most e-commerce business are very good at anyway, of following up with them and educating them on what you yeah. do, sending them blogs, that sort of thing. So yeah, the first event I did was a, an enormous success. And I, I, I learned a huge amount in terms of just what to talk about, what to post, what to write. Um, what I didn't know, though, is if you think about it, when I'm used to turning up at events, they set up the webinar, they set up the recording. I basically just turn up and speak. I, I'm well prepared, mm -hmm. and that's it. I wasn't so good at the technical side. <laughs> so my first event was on Zoom. It was fine. Um, and I made the room ready for 500 people because at the time, and, and <laughs> I think you'll know this, Matt, of, of how you progress in terms of just how your day rate is char charged from when you first mm. started to now or how your perceived yeah, yeah. value of how many people should attend or something like what you think at the time seems huge. But now you look back and think actually it was not that big, but I thought I'll, mm. I'll pay 80 euros for zoom. Um, we'll get 500 people attendance. And if I get 500 people in my first webinar, that would be amazing. So I, I press start on the, the webinar, press play and you see the numbers come in one, two, 10, 100, 200. And I'm looking at the numbers whilst trying to just say, hey, everybody, welcome, and, and trying to balance, like just keeping yeah, tab. Yeah. And then it hit 500 within about five past one, I think, five minutes <laughs> in. And I was like, we've hit capacity, but there's 2,500 registered. What's going to go? What's going to happen here? So on my phone, as I'm trying to talk, I saw the LinkedIn event and I just see irate people. I can't get in. I've registered. What's happening here? And I thought, oh, no, I've made a big mistake. So um, one of the biggest advice is over exaggerate how many people are going to show up just in case it goes a little bit viral. Um, because if the room's too big, it doesn't matter. But if it's too small, you've lost that chance of speaking to people live, yeah, yeah. Um, which is one of my use, big mistakes. Um, yeah. Do you still use Zoom then? Uh, or would you use something it's like a, a mix. Uh, Facebook Live? Yeah, 
It's, it's a transition. So um, what I've found is all of these platforms are consistently terrible. So Zoom, Google Meets, everything is, they've all been to a part where they rubbish, have the pros yeah. and cons. Yeah, they have their pros and cons. So if I, I, I get that I can understand why a LinkedIn event would work for a LinkedIn trainer, right? And I, I get, yeah. I can see the, the concept of that. So that's what you do. LinkedIn training, a LinkedIn event is an obvious thing. How does it work? Do you think for someone who sells, uh, I'm looking around my desk, um, I've got a little Lego Indiana Jones here, uh, which is not in focus, <laughs> but here's my little Lego Indiana Jones. Let's say I sell yeah. Lego, right? Or kids toys. How does LinkedIn help me? Or how, how would you think about LinkedIn events for something like that, for example? Yeah, so I think the main thing is no matter how niche you are, there's always a community who are as niche as you. So mm. anything in the world, for example, so ignoring LinkedIn, um, whatever you're into, there's other people in the world that are also into the same thing. And if you can connect with them, the conversation is amazing. And if you can have a product or service to offer them, they love it. So mm -hmm. this sort of phrase of riches in the niches is really, really important that whenever you're offering a product, you don't want to be the all you can eat buffet. You want to be the Michelin star. We do these couple of things, but we're the best in the world at it. And that's what you want to be. And so what's really cool in LinkedIn is there are already amazing specific niches there that you just need to find so browsing on LinkedIn for example LinkedIn groups um, there are thousands of LinkedIn groups where you could just find um, e-commerce UK e-commerce London um, e-commerce customers there's lots of different groups that you could just join and already have an audience in there um, highly valuable although I would say try and only join groups where there's less than maybe a thousand or two thousand people in there um, the mm -hmm. reason being that if you're you're joining a group that there's hundreds of thousands in. It's just simply not moderated. And so the audience there can be very diluted. But if you can find a really yeah. niche group with a couple of hundred people in, then already that's your audience where you can start to, to interact with them. And one thing I really like about LinkedIn groups is that if you're a member of the group, you can message anybody in the group without actually having to connect with them. So you don't need to introduce yourself. You don't just say, can we be friends? And they accept. You just simply message and say, hey, can we have a chat or that sort of thing? And so one of my mm -hmm. strategies are I'll host an event for either myself or any of my clients. Um, well, one of my clients is an e-commerce business at the moment. So a company called Nibble. And they have a, um, I think I shared you the link, a, a sort of a chatbot that goes on a website that is a, a negotiating tool. And so we're working yeah. with them on LinkedIn events. And so what we've found is we've looked, first of all, at groups to say, where are their target audience? And then we've just run a series of messages, messaging people in the group to say, hey, I hope you're well. Uh, we're both really into whatever it is, e-commerce or negotiating or sales. I'm running an event next week. Um, we'd love to see you there. And although mm -hmm. it's an automated message to quite a lot of people, it's really um, harmless because it'll not upset anybody. You're just simply saying, we're running an event. If you're into this, please come. And so that's one side of LinkedIn, about LinkedIn groups. Then you look at the other side in terms of uh, LinkedIn courses, and particularly for e-commerce, this is dynamite. So if you Google LinkedIn learning, um, I think it was called Linda, L-Y-N-D-A uh, in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A long, long time ago. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you Google LinkedIn learning, um, you'll find that LinkedIn has its own platform where you can um, just study online, basically. So if you type in on LinkedIn learning e-commerce, you'll find hundreds and hundreds of courses on how to get better at X. But again, what's amazing about LinkedIn that's completely different to things like Udemy or all these other online platforms is that if you click on the actual course, you can see all the people who like the course and that's public data. So what we do and, and tend to do this for a lot of people is we'll go to um, e-commerce courses on LinkedIn and scrape them and then invite those people to our event as well. So you're generally looking for people who are online trying to educate themselves where you offer the service. So if you're mm -hmm. offering a training course on how to build an e-commerce business, then go onto LinkedIn Learning, find people who are training about e-commerce business, download the data and introduce yourself to say, hey, we're running an event about how to grow an e-commerce business, we'd love to invite you, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So there's LinkedIn Learning, there's LinkedIn Groups. Um, the other one is LinkedIn Posts, and not many people do this well, but um, this is where we go back to inbound and outbound. So if you think of a LinkedIn post, you'll find a lot of people who are more into branding, and they'll say, I create content all the time, and it's about people coming to us. But I see some people, I'll say, you've got 100 people who've interacted with your LinkedIn post. Have you interacted with them? And they say, oh, no, no, I, I didn't know you could. And what people do wrong is they make a post, but they don't actually connect with the people who like the posts. 
So what we teach a lot of people to do is say, make content that's relevant to um, what you're doing, what you're offering, educate people, but then download all the people who like your content and reach out and connect with them and say, hey, thanks for liking my post, let's connect. And when they do connect, you then say, great to connect. Um, just to let you know, I've got an event running next couple of weeks um, about how to grow an e-commerce business. It would be great to see that. So none of the approach you should be doing is that horrible spammy code message of just messaging somebody and saying, hey, I've got an e-commerce course. Do you want to sign up? That, I think that approach is dead. But if you can go to people and say, um, I, I see you're part of the same course, you're part of the same group. Can we get to know each other? And can I invite you to my event? Then you take them from cold to educating to then saying, wow, you really know your stuff. You have a product to offer. Okay, I'm now ready to listen. So I think yeah. in terms of LinkedIn, you have all these moving parts, posts, groups, courses, where you can find people who've got like-minded ideas. Now, sometimes I agree. Sometimes if you've got a product that's so, so niche, the only thing you can do is ads. And so you can do ads to really target people on the buyer persona. But again, if you do an ad, I don't think you should do an ad to direct them to your site. Because the problem with that is somebody looks at an ad, they have no connection to your business, no connection to you as a person. Mentally, they weren't really ready to buy. They click on the ad, go to your site, have a look, and then leave. Instead, I would say do really targeted ads, but directly to your LinkedIn event. And then you drive a really specific audience to the event. They then watch, they give you an email, and then you gradually convert them to a potential customer, course sign up, that sort of thing, because they know what you're offering. Yeah. So I think all the moving parts on LinkedIn are, are awesome, but I think everybody's approach should be about how do you find somebody who has like-minded interests? Are they in the same group, the same course? Do they post the same thing? Um, and the final one is, yes, you can go direct and say, he's e-commerce manager, so I'm going to message them. But it doesn't really work that well because... Um, just because that's their job title doesn't mean they're interested in anything you have to offer. They haven't publicly yeah. shown any sort of buying signals. That's really interesting. In fact, I think there's a lot of people listening to the e-commerce podcast going, hang on a minute, this sounds this sounds interesting because I first connected with Matt on LinkedIn and that's how I heard about the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, I, that's that's how it worked. Uh, when we were setting up the podcast is I think we reached out to, I think about six or 7,000 people that had liked e-commerce courses and gone, Hey, check out the podcast. Uh, and um, a bunch of people got in touch and gone, man, this is great. And have stayed avid listeners ever since. So um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> as you're talking, I think people are smiling. That is what I think is happening. Well, Agreed. And it's, it's tricky because I'll run LinkedIn events and I'll say to everybody, thank you all for being here. What I'm about to show you is how I've done this approach. And I'm sort of sorry, but not sorry, because a lot of this I had to automate, but you're special, but I have to automate it. Um, and it's a tricky one because I, th I think what's really important about LinkedIn is, and we, we covered this at the start of the, the, the talk, um, there's no public rules. So if you Google something like how many LinkedIn connection requests can I send per day, there'll be lots of blogs, but none of them by LinkedIn. So LinkedIn doesn't share publicly what you can and can't do on the software. And so because of that, LinkedIn don't like any automation. And by automation, any e-commerce business will know about automation. Somebody buys your product and they go into email automation. Somebody subscribes to your blog and goes into email automation, chatbot automation. So the word automation isn't a new thing. But in terms of LinkedIn, LinkedIn don't want you to automate everything, uh, anything, sorry. They want you to do everything manually. But at the same time, if you know that inviting people to an event works one by one and just click and copy, paste, invite, then you might as well do that times a thousand people because it's the same approach. So the, the business that I'm in is trying to find this happy medium where you automate things, but you don't automate in a way that's spam or generic. And it's a very fine line. But what I mean by this is if you have an automated message reaching out to people say, hey, Matt, I saw you like the e-commerce online course, would be great to connect and get to know each other. I don't think it does any harm if you send that to 500 people or 100 people because you still have the same intent. You want to get to know them, mm. which is the method of actually reaching out to them is automated instead of copy paste 500 times. But it's very, very important to know that LinkedIn don't really want you to automate anything. They want you to do it all manually. But if you're going to get the results that you want to in scale, you have to automate parts of it. Um, and I think there's a, a, a discussion always going on that people think automation means spam. And then I say, well, do you drive a car? Do you walk? And they say, drive. And I say, well, you automate that. You have a machine to do that. So there's a lot of things where I say automation done the right way is spectacular, but done the wrong way is highly aggressive yeah. and spammy. So, yeah. yeah, I think when we worked together in, in, to start with, the idea was 
number one, your brand is a very recognized brand. You couldn't just be messaging everybody saying, hey, let's have a call, let's jump on it. It's too generic. So what we said was, let's find people who like the e-commerce courses and then introduce yourself and talk to them about your podcast. And that would be a nice flow. And I think that worked very well. So I think when you're looking at a LinkedIn, um, you need to find a mindset. And maybe this is like all marketing. Can you identify an approach that works that's highly, highly bespoke and manual? And when you see some sort of formula, how do you find a way to automate that, that you can replicate, that the person on the other side receiving the message still feels valued or special? They don't get some generic rubbish that everybody gets in a huge essay long email. It's something short just to say, this is what we're doing. And yeah. funny enough, I had this conversation with somebody this morning and I sent him a message and, and he recorded a quick video and said, hey, Pat, thanks for your message. I can tell this is recorded, this is automated, uh, but uh, happy to join your event. And I replied to him and said, I'm more than happy to say this message is automated because all I'm simply saying is I'm inviting you to a LinkedIn event you want to come. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who try and act like they're not automating messages and you can tell it's the big essays, it's the big spam messages and it's, um, it's, it's, it's just the wrong way to go. So I, I guess what's really important with any of, of LinkedIn is can you make sure that the other person on the other side feels valued? Can you message them to say, I would like to get to know you, I'd love to connect with you, um, I'm running an event, I think you'd find it helpful, but it's about you, not me. And the best analogy I do to all of this is particularly when I'm training early stage startups, um, it's very funny because a lot of time they're very heavily developer focused, but not so much sales and marketing focused. And I'll say to them, can I see your LinkedIn message? And it's the most aggressive message ever, not an aggressive, like nasty way, but the connection message is, hi, uh, my name's Dimitri. Um, I run a LinkedIn, I run a development agency. Are you looking for an app? Uh, do you want to book a call? Yeah. And that's like the connection message. And I, I say to them, do you have a partner? And they say, yes. And I say, okay, what was the first thing you said to that person? And they said, I don't know, like, can I buy you a drink? Or my name's Pat. I was like, exactly. When you meet somebody in real life, you don't say, let's get married. You say, hi, I'm Pat. Can we get to know each other? <laughs> and so I try to say to people, like, don't go crazy on LinkedIn of messaging people that you wouldn't do in the real world if you were networking. Yeah. And um, the whole point of this environment is your digital persona and physical persona should be the same. You should speak to people the same, your picture should be the same, but your connection message to get to know people should always be about, can we be friends? Can we get to know each other? Not trying to push your, I don't know, your gender of, do you want to sign up? So when I worked with you, your your message was, um, I think I saw we're both on the same e-commerce course. I'm a e-commerce fanboy. I think that was your message. It would be great to connect, but it wasn't, I've got a podcast. Do you want to sign up? That's not the connection message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just let's let's have a conversation. So <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm aware of time. Um and one thing, one question that I do want to ask in all of this, Patrick, because we've talked about how to connect with people. You know, we can find people with groups, with posts and, and courses, which I think is super yeah. valuable. So I'm inviting people along to this LinkedIn event. What am I doing in the LinkedIn event? What what does that look like? Yeah. So there's a few things. Um, I, I got this training from a business consultant, which was great. He was working with my agency um, a couple of years ago. And he's, he taught me this about proposals, first of all. And he said, whenever you send a proposal, make the client feel like they're absolutely screwed and then show them how you can fix it and then show them your yeah. prices. And I thought, okay, <laughs> quite a good idea. So then I thought, okay, a LinkedIn event. Show people what's wrong at the moment. So if you're an e-commerce business and you're trying to show people how to build their e-commerce, Show people why something is wrong, why it's hard to sell a product, why it's hard to build inventory, why it's whatever it is. Show people this is the pain point, acknowledge it, and show everybody this is the difficulty. Then show people real world solutions. And I think the best types of LinkedIn events, even like blogs, are practical how to. I don't think people want to see slides and slides and potential theory. They want to see here's an example, here's a template, here's a guide of how to do something. And then what mm -hmm. that primes people to say is, I can identify that you're in trouble, but don't worry because I'm the solution. And not only I'm the solution, I now got a service, which is the solution that you can use yourself. And so generally it doesn't need to sound as scary as that. You're not saying people are screwed, but you're basically seeing here's the pain point that I want you to know about, even if you know them not. Here's the solution. And then here's the services that we offer. And so that's mm -hmm. tends to how the flow goes a lot of the time. Um, but I know a lot of people who do LinkedIn events and they don't ever actually end up doing the event. And I think this is a huge scam, but I know people do it. They use LinkedIn events as landing pages. So they simply have a, an event that will say how to do something. 
And then when people register, they, they get the email and then they go in a series of emails and they have calls and do one-on-one -on -one calls with them. So I'm not a huge fan of that, but a lot of people use a LinkedIn event on mm. LinkedIn is just for registration, never mind the event. But if you're doing events, which is you should be if you're hosting a LinkedIn event, it needs to be about identifying pain points, solution, and then where you fit in. And what's really great about LinkedIn is although they don't integrate with hardly anything at all, they do integrate with a software called Zapier. So Z-A-P-I-E-R.com. Yeah, yeah. And if you do a LinkedIn event and if you tick a, a tick box called use LinkedIn registration form, basically what it means is that everybody that registers, you can sync to Zapier and then Zapier sync to whatever software you want to use. So the flow that I do is I'll advertise an event two months in advance. Somebody might register for my event today. They go into MailChimp via Zapier and they'll get an email saying, thanks for registering. Please remember to add to your diary. And then a week later, they'll get an email saying, hey, I've just been looking through all the attendees. I saw your name uh, stand out. I would love to know uh, what you're looking to learn from the event. Uh, do you have any problems? Um, would be great to have a call if you want to, that sort of thing. And so I'm trying to nurture people even before the event takes place through these yeah, automated yeah, yeah. emails. And then the event takes place, I deliver it all, and then it's a series of emails afterwards. The, the most important one, obviously, is the recording of the event after. And then a couple of questions just about, do you need any help? Here's our services, whatever you're trying to promote. Um, if you're very organized, you can even advertise the next event in the current event. Um, but just <laughs> finding the time to do that is tricky. But trying to say on your follow-up emails, um, this is the services, this is the course, here you go. But yeah. generally, I would say um, LinkedIn events are the, the most efficient way possible I've ever found of getting people's email opt-ins in bulk. And I think that's why it's so relevant to e-commerce businesses, because we've got in the past 12 months, I think 12,000 email addresses just from LinkedIn events. Now, I really put my heart and soul into content, and you might get 100 yeah. subscribers or something, and you think, wow. But to get thousands and thousands of people opted in it is enormous. And then from that, um, yeah. we found, so Prosper Labs is a, a LinkedIn software. Our income doubled after that first event. So our monthly revenue doubled from just doing one event, um, which we were not expecting at all. So I, I would say for any e-commerce business, um, LinkedIn in a whole is uh, is a like Facebook, like Google, like that, there's all sorts of moving parts. But if you can dilute it to what has the maximum output with the minimum input, it's update your LinkedIn profile so you look polished, you look like branded and how you want to be perceived. Grow your network just gradually of, of connecting with potential people from groups or courses or whatever it might be. And then when you have around about two to 3,000 connections, that's enough. Host a LinkedIn event. And whenever you host a LinkedIn event, there's a button to say invite your network. And if yeah. you invite all your network, what you find is that you'll get, I don't know, a couple of hundred people from that alone that will register. But because your network starts to register for the events, all of their network starts to see a message. Matt's just registered for a LinkedIn training event and your network starts to come. And that's where you see the viral effect that although you're inviting your network to start with, it's their network that you're pulling in, which is your potential mm. customers. And then yeah. so I think that whole sort of loop there I would say do that once every three months, and that alone um, would get your money's worth for LinkedIn. And you can do all that for free. You don't need to actually use any software. You don't need a paid LinkedIn account. Um, you only pay for software to automate if you strap the time. But if you've got time to yeah. set this up, all of it can be done for free. That's incredible. And I, here's the thing, right? Um, I can attest to the value of it. So I think if you're listening and going, will this work for me? I think you should just find out and, and have a little go. Um, Patrick, there yeah. is so much I think I could, there's so many questions and so much I I, I, I know people listening are going to be going, well, hang on, what about, what about, what about? Um, so maybe the best thing I can do is say, what's the best way people can get a hold of you? Well, how can they reach out to you if <laughs> they've got any questions? Well, um, funny enough, I don't say get in touch with me on LinkedIn because I get hundreds and hundreds of messages. So this morning <laughs> I was trying to reply to 250 LinkedIn messages and it was getting tough. So wow. the best way I say is a few things. Um, number one is if you go to my LinkedIn profile, you'll always see different events that I'm running. And I think step one is just register for one of my LinkedIn events because all of the things I do, my approach is just train and just give lots of value. There's no hidden agenda. Um, yes, I'll have follow-up emails to say, do you want to book a call or that sort of thing? But generally, I train people because I have a passion for training and I like to 
to, to help other people. That's, that's the goal of the business. Um, but the best way is my business is called prospectlabs.co and we are a LinkedIn lead generation agency and we also have a software. So you either work with us as a company, we do this for you, or we have a software where you do it yourself and we support you and train mm. you. But I think um, generally taking part in one of my events, learning about that, and then from that you'll, you'll get a series of emails following up and just reply and you can jump on a call, that sort of thing. Um, or connect with me and get to know me. But the one thing I say would be, if you're going to connect with me, practice what I'm trying to preach you, which is basically send a nice connection message saying, hey, Pat, uh, I heard about you on Matt's podcast. Let's get to know each other. Don't just mm. send a generic connect and there's a blank message and I have no idea who you are. So make me feel special to connect with you and then let's have a chat is usually the, the best way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make him feel special. I like that. Make me feel special and we'll connect. Yeah. Uh, Pat, listen, um, thank you so much for joining us from Cyprus uh, and taking the time to chat with us. It's been brilliant. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. And I'm sure there's lots of thoughts and uh uh, what's the the spark the idea sparks that people are having so if yeah. that's you do reach out to patrick you can connect with him like you said we'll put all the links to patrick in the show notes as well to his company to the software that we use uh and also to uh, pat's linkedin accounts where just don't anyway you you know what i mean so um yeah we'll put all of that <laughs> in the so show much. notes so you can reach out to patrick uh but patrick thank you so much for being with us real treat real privilege and uh finally we did it cheers Matt. it was a pleasure well, a big shout out and thanks to my friend and special guest, Patrick Collins. What did you think? He's a cool bloke, eh? Love his accent. Love what he has to say. Love his advice. And of course, do reach out to Patrick. Do connect with him. He would love to hear from you. Uh, and if you weren't able to to take notes when he was saying how you can get in touch, just head over to the podcast. It's all there. The links, the notes, transcript, everything. You can get them for free at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 98. Next week is episode, check it out, 99. We are getting close to the big 100. Uh, and next week we are talking to Oliver Palmer. We're going to be talking about split testing. One of these things that um, every e-commerce business is told that they should do. And the title of the podcast is, You Probably Don't Need to A-B Test. Is that controversial? I think it probably is. Uh, and so... To help you uh, get in the mood, here's an excerpt from next week's show. So the job to be done with a milkshake is not sustenance, it's not um, quenching a thirst, it's giving me something to do while I drive and stopping me from being bored. And that's often the sort of thing that we're trying to find out with when we probe deeply in this sort of research mm. to find, you know, what is the job to be done with this thing? Why are you visiting the site? Why are you buying this thing online versus uh, in person? Um, you know, what are the really the deeper things that sort of sit beneath the obvious? <laughs> You're going to want to listen to that conversation with Oliver. Man's a legend. It is super packed full of insight. Uh, if you have enjoyed this show, then I would appreciate it if you could rate the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. And of course, share it out. Let the big wide world know we exist. Uh, it's great if you do. Thank you so much for listening. And as I said, we're here to help you deliver e-commerce well. So the fact that you guys keep coming back tells me, well, I think we're starting to succeed, which is fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you being here. I'll be back next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.